0: Welcome to Tony D. Talks from Forbes Books. Designing the blueprint for business success with Tony DiSilvestro. Welcome back to my conversation with Horace Schulze, the legendary co founder of the Rich Carlton Hotel. We've been talking about his road to becoming an icon in the hospitality industry. Now, Horace, we both know that entrepreneurship is hard. So, how do you help the next generation of entrepreneurs? What do you say to help them get through the tough times
1: first of all, I, I ask them all, what is your vision? Who do you want to be in ten years from now? do you have really, do you really have a dream and I, I just did that with a very nice university very nice university south here, i 'm involved in several universities but but in this case, I had one leadership meeting with them uh, first time I was there, I looked at the, at the Whole campus is fantastic and only 5,000 students, but first class, everything first class. So I asked him, What is your vision? He said, We are, we are really taking care of our, our students and we respect our. Well, no, that's not what I asked. That's a mission. What is your vision? And they constantly really give me answers of mission rather than a vision. They didn't have a, a vision. They didn't have a really clear class and and so I said to them, wait a minute, how about being known as the finest uh, uh, middle-sized university in America? Well, that would be arrogant. So what do you want to be? You want to be average? They literally said yes. Well, what's average? Average is the bottom of good and the top of bed. And, And that's what you want for your students? You mean you don't have a higher thought? Excellence is not an accident. Excellence is the result of high intent. My intent in my restaurant is not to feed them food, but make them feel well. It it has to be a higher intent than what we do in what we're doing. And the university certainly should have the high intent to, to give students true tools for their life, in fact, be the best in giving them the tool of being successful in their life. If that's not my high intent and I'm not known for that, what is it? Am I I just a computer that fulfills a function? It's amazing to me, absolutely amazing. So I tell everybody, first of all, let's establish who you want to be, what is your dream? Once you establish that, now you become a leader because now you're leading toward a destination. But there's so many people that lead people and they don't even know themselves where they're going.
0: Right. So <laughs> what? One, I love I love coaching and I love talking that. So what I do with a lot of companies, I'll go in and I, I say, well, give me three words that represent your brand and your goals and where you want to go and it's funny you know so many people and then it doesn't often align with the customer's expectation or the employee's expectation so it's really aligning for me So I have a question for you. Interesting. Like, I know you've been married a long time. You have a blessed woman around you. So I've been with my wife 40 years now. And I, um, I say the same thing behind every man, there's a better woman. So for me, I would not be the man I am today without my amazing wife. She supported me so much in my life and made me, I never had to think. I just could always run and believe in myself and be successful. What is your experience in life? And I know you have an amazing relationship. And could you just tell everybody a little bit about like, the importance yeah, I'm, of I'm, that stability I'm, in your house? I'm nearly 44 years married.
1: And we, have, we actually have four daughters.
0: <laughs> I have three. Who I'm happy <laughs> maybe that's it. We're surrounded by great women.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why maybe that's why I don't understand the, all the, the women stuff. No, the women, no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. I mean, who did... did Actually, anybody ever think that a woman is less than a man? I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I, I don't, believe, I don't believe that anybody ever thought that. But anyway, your marriage, and, and for the guys that listen, I, I hope that they're listening now. How much effort do we put in our business? It's unbelievable. We work hours and effort on and worrying, and sleepless nights, and, and this, how much effort do we put into our marriage? How much? Real effort to be put in to improve our marriage. Again, excellence is not an accident, it's high intent. My high intent when I got married, really, I was to be in love for the rest of my life, not just love my wife, no, no, to be in love. And I'm 44 right. years married, and I can you unequivocally, I am in love with her. But that takes effort. That takes, uh, when guys, on the podcast, let's be honest. Don't think this is fluffy stuff. Think about it. Marriage is the most important institution in this world. And for many Amen. of us, the only, the only God ordained institution. It is the only one that is, that is lasting and should be, and for some of us, even we talk about eternity. Okay, take it for what it is. It's sure, sure in this life. Why wouldn't we take that? And just like our businesses, and improve it. What we do in our business? We constantly try to improve it. Eliminate mistakes, do it better. Why not our marriage? When, guys, and now it comes, hold on to your chair. Guys, <laughs> when did you, for the last time, ask your wife, how can I be a better husband? Why wouldn't you do
0: that? It doesn't that? happen.
1: Why wouldn't you? And listen, after she cries, she will tell you. And if you done in, apply it, You just served yourself because it comes back to you and just like your business. It's not different. It's making the decision for high intent. Everything is a decision. Your destiny in, in work, in life or in your marriage is not a coincidence It's the decisions that you make and you have to make the decisions of continuously improving your life, your work and your
0: marriage. For me, marriage has always been a partnership for me. My wife has been my partner since day one in business and in life. And, you know, we still have that burning love. And everybody asks, like, how are you so in love with your wife still? But it's like we work hard together every day. And we have respect for mutual respect. So for entrepreneurship, though, I am a huge proponent of women entrepreneurs. And I don't like when people separate women and men when they talk about entrepreneurship. When you're I an entrepreneur, you're an, you're an entrepreneur. You're not it's not man or woman. To, to the guys, I
1: say... You better not think that there's a difference and to, to, to the women say, don't be so insecure. Come on.
0: <laughs> I love it. I you hire more men. women but today. I find I hire
1: more women than men. So <laughs> and listen, and, and the women, Most of the women I talk to that have this men think they're insecure. Come on. They're not different. Right. I, I, I mean, in fact, look, when, when I sold Ritz-Carlton, there was a big dis- discussion in, in the other company that bought us uh, about hiring women and, and blacks as general managers. Now, that other company who bought us had 1,200 hotels. I had 32 and I had more black and, uh, as general managers and more women as general managers. But I never thought about it. I didn't, right. I didn't care if they were men, black, white. Who cares? As long as they are merited, as long as they could do it, as long as they know that would be valued to them and to the, to the business and to the rest of the employees. To me, it's a ridiculous discussion. I know some people are offended right now already. Okay, come on. It's okay.
0: It's okay. We're all in the trenches in the dirt.
1: If you want to fire me, hey, I'm nearly 84. What are you going to do?
0: (laughs) I'm a little bit younger, so I don't want to be fired yet. (laughs) You
1: see, with my age, you can say what I want.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. My dad's 82. I know. Sometimes I wish he wouldn't say some things. (laughs) Yeah. The same thing
1: that our possession with race discussions. I, look here, I opened hotels with all Chinese in China, several. I opened hotels in, in Japan with all Japanese, in Germany with all Germans, in Jamaica with all blacks, and in, in Africa with all blacks, in the Middle East with all, with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, You know what happened? There's no difference. There were some good ones and some bad ones.
0: So 98.6 degrees, mean. right? They're 98.6, they're humans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, s- they're human beings, all of them. Exactly. So right. Horace, 84 year, almost 84 years in life. Yeah. Tell me, you know, I'm that passionate serial entrepreneur, and I don't know if I even like that word, but I'm a passionate entrepreneur. I've opened many, many businesses. What, what has driven you to be the man you are today? And what are some of the greatest successes that you've had that you can really, that are top of mind to you? Well, it's simply this made a deal who put this
1: in me. Uh, To to, to finish the story, that made a deal who said work for excellence. He kept on saying, be excellent, be excellent, be excellent. Don't just do it. Do it with a higher intent. I was constantly with him. And you know, with, with 14, you're very, you're impacted very heavy by somebody like that, that you respect so much. When I left there, by the way, after three and a half years, he said, look me in the eyes and promised me never to go to work, always got to create excellence. I promised him that. I went on and worked for the finest hotels in Europe. I mean, truly, I'm not exceptionally the finest hotels in the world at the time, in Paris and London in Switzerland and so on. And then I came to San Francisco and worked in the Hilton as room service waiter. My big dream was to get promoted there to room service supervisor, learn the language more. I'm still working on that. Okay, guys, learn <laughs> the great. language more. Get a promotion, go back to Europe and finish my career. I knew I would get that promotion because I was by far the best waiter there. I had learned in the best hotels in the world and the rest of, in room service were just people who took in an order and delivered food. So I waited for the next supervisor to leave and I get promoted. And I had an in because it, the manager was German. So I knew I would get the job. That was my job. I was very clear and sure enough one of the supervisors got promoted. Bill, the supervisor, got promoted out. That meant there was the opening. And our manager called everybody together and said, let's applaud Bill. He gets promoted to restaurant manager. And now we have one of us deserve to get Bill's job. And it's Fred. Well, I knew I wasn't Fred. (laughs) And uh, that was very, very painful. My ego was hurt. Everything was hurt. It took me about three months to admit I didn't go to work for excellence anymore. I went to work. I came a few minutes late. When the manager asked me to do this little side work, like like folding napkins or whatever, I said, why me? Why not the other guys? When I came to work in the morning, I was tired. You could see it. The other guy came to work a little early. He said, friendly, good morning in the morning. When the manager said, do this, he said, I'm happy to. Once I admitted that to myself. After a few months, mind you, I went to my little furnished room in the Tenderloin District in San Francisco at the time and I talked to my maitre d'. He had passed away in the meantime. He didn't show up, don't worry. But I talked with him and I apologized and I said, I went to work to work. I am so sorry. It will never happen again. And from there on, I went to work for a purpose again, to be excellent to do it right, to enjoy the moment, to create excellence. From there on, I never again went to work. And my career took off like a rocket ship.
0: I tell people I've never worked a day in my life, Horace. And, yeah, and I truly really mean it. Never out. anymore yeah. after that. Never anymore. Right. And I don't think people necessarily understand that. You know, I, no. I think that's a tough concept for people to understand. But when you love what you do every day and you have a passion and you know what your passion well, is. I think why would you sentence yourself?
1: Why would you sentence yourself to say anything unless you're a human being have a high intent on what you're doing? Shoot for that. The high intent has to be, I'm I'm going to be respected. I will respect everybody and pretty soon it pays back to you, no matter who you are. Don't make excuses because you are that, because all the stuff that you find as an excuse, dismiss it. Your destiny is not the other people. You're not defined by that. You're
0: defined by what you do. So with Rich Carlton, right? So we have to create this standard every single day when we're in our businesses to, for excellence, right? Yeah. So I always call it top of mind, right? So you have to constantly tell people like, hey, are we creating excellence today? Are you creating excellence? Are you creating an experience today? What systems have you put in place to keep that top of mind all the time?
1: Well, number one, we communicate this constantly. We, we communicated one, which we call gold standard or non-negotiable, which we had to do better than anybody else in order to be best in the world. We repeated one every day. There were 20 points that we repeated every day. Today, it may be point number 12. In every hotel, before every shift around the world would be, number 12 would be discussed today. Now, I don't know what they do today, but that's how we did it. Number 12 was, if a guest for ask for direction, do not point. Step away from what you're doing and take them there. In underway, create relationships, start talking with them and and say, I are your guest. I hope you like your stay here. I hope you had a chance to try our restaurant. Everybody loves it. So communication and selling at the same
0: time, relationship. They were like your affirmations. Like, so you had 20 affirmations that you constantly reviewed with your- Constantly
1: reviewed. In addition, I measured five things every morning, every morning in every hotel. And number one, customer satisfaction. We had an outside company, studied that all over the world. And I knew every morning where the hotel stayed. How many percent of the guests want to come back and want to recommend us? Top box on a scale of one to 10 had to be a 10. If it was less than 92% in a hotel, customer satisfaction, intend to return, intend to recommend us, I interceded. Number two, every morning I looked employee satisfaction. Number three, future reservations and so on, club reservations, and of course, the economics. I looked at every day. That's the only thing I looked at, and and I only looked at the ones that had a red arrow down. That meant they were under 92%, for example. I interceded and reminded them, hey, you're here to make people feel good. Do you know that you just dropped under 92%? Do you know that's the minimum you have to accomplish? Have you started why did you drop? And so so ongoing communication, ongoing focus on having high result, high intent
0: accomplished. Right. So like entrepreneurs, like what I find is they don't take that time or to get outside of their business and look at those fundamentals that you're looking at every single day, because that's how you change your brand. That's how you make sure it's consistent all the way through. So I'm constantly teaching them to, you know, how do you delegate better to be able to find that time to do what you're doing. Customer satisfaction is everything. And then employee satisfaction, I love one and two, because it really makes a huge difference in everybody's brand.
1: Yeah, we we made one one serious employee survey a year it only, but we, it, the, the satisfaction changed by, by call-ins and so on from employees and short studies. It could never change much from one day to the next, but within a month it could change. But I watched watch it every day. And, and, the, and the guest satisfaction I watched every day, every single day. That's what I looked at, period. See, so with other words, that creates my Bottom line. Now, as I said, I also looked at the economics. I can't ignore that as the leader. But primarily looked at what makes my money. That is customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction.
0: Period. So with the interesting times that we've gone through in the last two and a half years, Horace, what would you say to anybody in hospitality, which is most businesses today, what advice would you give them going forward? And, and what, would you really truly change any fundamentals on how to manage people?
1: No. I, however, I'll just give you an idea. Two years ago when this dancing all started with COVID and so on, and it was very clear the industry will be in a serious shock. Now, mind you, I had just sold Capella. The hotel company is created after it's called. By the way, most of you probably know, Capella is an ultra luxury hotel company. Most of you, you who have seen at the time, President Trump meet in Singapore with, with Kim of North Korea, that was in the Capella Hotel. Anyway, when when this thing started two years ago, I called all my friends that run hotels and, and, and other businesses, and, and I said, look, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tougher than Probably anything I have ever experienced. However, remember, you cannot give up your vision. Don't give up your honor and your values. First two. Number, number three. Understand this becomes the situation of survival. And if the company doesn't survive, nobody will survive. At this moment, your number one focus is how do I survive as a company? That means including laying off people, but be sure you maintain contact. You have a relationship with them because there comes a time you want them to come back. Be sure you don't lose your best employees. Be sure you keep contact with your suppliers, travel agencies, meeting planners, and so on. Be sure those things, but be sure two things don't give up your vision without other words your purpose and don't give up your values.
0: Horace, I, I don't think the people can even comprehend what you just said, but it's probably the most impactful words that we could probably give every entrepreneur and me as well. what you just said. And I don't know any better way to end this this conversation today than that, because I don't want to dilute that statement any further. But I have to be honest with you, um, it is such an honor for me to talk with you. Uh, You make me feel normal. Um, You give me affirmation on everything I coach, teach, and train every day. And I'm truly honored and thankful for you spending time with me today. Tony, God bless. Good to talk to you. God bless you as well. And if you want to connect with Horace, go to HoraceSchultzA.com. And his book, Excellence Wins, is available wherever books are sold. And that's it for the first episode of Tony D Talks. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I'd love if you left me a review so more folks like yourself can discover the show. I'll see you next time. This has been Tony D. Talks. If you'd like to scale your business for growth, contact Tony at TonyDSilvestro.com. Tony D. Talks is a production of Forbes Books.